Romans 8 and 27 of the Amplified reads, And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. This is the Avinu.info podcast, brought to you by the Avinu.info blog author and senior pastors of Living Church Ministries International, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe. Today's topic is Partnership in Salvation. The most essential concept in Adonai's plan for salvation is the fact that our Heavenly Father wants us to be saved and is willing to provide 99.9% of the cost and resources of our salvation. Only the Almighty, the one who could destroy the earth to make his job easy, takes time out to position man in right standing to save his soul. In Adonai's justice, Satan does not desire a day in court. However, out of regal decency, the Lord makes known to his greatest adversary an opportunity to understand his transgressions along with the fallen angels. Because Adonai will judge sin thoroughly, the Lord has set up statutes by which he will observe on the day of his wrath for those who will accept his peace offering. As Adonai negotiates peace for mankind, he brings in the Holy Committee of the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Jewish Messiah, working together inside the covenant of peace. People who have accepted his peace offering and the keepers of his instructions for life will take on a new nature and become transformed. This transformation is the only disposition where they can truly understand and serve God. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 of the Amplified reads, Now may the God of peace who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed, ratified, the everlasting agreement, covenant, or testament, strengthen, complete, or perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will, while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever, to the ages of the ages, Amen, so be it. Looking into God's plan of working on a new creation, some say that no one is perfect, which is true, but God Almighty has given us His ingenious plan of grace. Grace has become an indwelling of the Holy Spirit who intercedes to God on behalf of the saints. Then the Holy Spirit downloads the will of the Father into the heart of man. As a result of this partnership, Adonai invites mankind to enter a secret place where sin has no dominion nor mastery over the saints. This is where God fuses the Holy Spirit and the obedience of Yeshua inside of a man, the new creation formed by God. Where the Messiah won the victory over human disobedience and Satan's dominion, now the human will is surrendered in the presence of God and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 3 through 28 of the Amplified. For God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. Sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit, 
Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law, indeed it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ, is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the Spirit is alive because of the righteousness that He imputes to you. And if the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then He who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore life to your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship and the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him, only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us, and in us, and for us, and conferred on us. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly, and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. For the creation or nature was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional thought on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it, yet with the hope that nature or creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves too, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, a foretaste of the blissful things to come, groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave, which will reveal our adoption, our manifestation as God's sons. For in this hope we were saved, but hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. For how can one hope for what he already sees? 
But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily, as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. After such an exhausting effort to save man's soul, there are yet enemies that fight against God's plan of salvation, and they are all man-made. Sometimes we are talked out of the most powerful collaboration of powerful allies, such as Adonai and the Holy Spirit, and the authority of the Messiah on the inside of us. Bad preaching and arrogance against the truth will send more people to a divine judgment than anyone can think. 1 Timothy 4, 7-11 of the Amplified But refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them. Train yourself toward godliness or piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness or spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. This saying is reliable and worthy of complete acceptance by everybody. With a view to this, we toil and strive, yes, and suffer reproach, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior. Preserver, maintainer, deliverer of all men, especially of those who believe, trust in, rely on, and adhere to him. Continue to command these things and to teach them. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Avenu.info blog podcast. Special thanks to our authors, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe, and to our editor, Val Gunter. Always walk blessed in the strong name of Jesus.